walking in God, we will have the goodness of God every day of our life. Amen. God is a good God. How many enjoyed the goodness of God over the last one week? For those of you that are joining us new or listening to the series first, we've been doing a series on the foundations of God's Word. We've been looking at the book of Hebrews in chapter 6, verse 1 and 2. And we've been looking at the foundations of the scripture where we see, uh, we, we've been looking at, number one, we saw righteousness, uh, which is uh, repentance from dead works. We saw faith towards God. We saw the doctrine of baptisms. And we have been looking at the fourth foundational teaching called the laying on of hands. And laying on of hands, we have done two weeks of it. We saw laying on of hands for miracle signs and wonders. We saw the laying on of hands for the impartation of anointing. And today we are going to look at the third aspect of the laying on of hands, which is laying on of hands for commissioning godly leadership in the ecclesia or the house or the family of the living God. Many, many people wonder, how do I actually grow to be a leader in the house of God? And many people have different ideas. Some people believe that because they're not highly gifted, they cannot be a leader. Some people think because I'm not a great preacher, I cannot be a leader. Some people believe if because I have not been, uh, I, I've not been, you know, I don't have those wisdom or those qualifications certain ways, or I've not done a theological training, so how can I be a leader in the house of God? Some people say, I'm just a secular guy. How can I be a leader in the house of God? So let me just teach you today that what is God's pattern in God's scripture? And has God got something for you and for me to serve in the house of God in what specific way? The first thing I want to tell you this morning is that the ecclesia, the church of the living God, belongs to God. Amen? The ecclesia or the church of the living God belongs to God. Colossians chapter 1 verse 18 says, He is the head of the church. The Lord Jesus is the head of the church. There is, uh, and he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself will have the first place in everything. Who is the king over the church? Jesus is the king. The church is not yours. The church is not mine. The church doesn't belong to the gifted. The church belongs to Jesus. Amen. It doesn't belong to anybody else. It doesn't belong to the pastor, by the way. Hallelujah. That's a good place to say hallelujah. Well, the pastor is appointed by the king. But the church doesn't belong to the pastor. Neither does the church belong to the prophets. Nor does the church belong to the general body. Hmm. That was a great place to say hallelujah. Come on. Whose is the church? Who is the king of the church? So the first thing I want to tell you that he is king. Nobody can take that place. The church is the Lord's. After we understand that the church is the Lord's, we need to understand that this Lord or King has given every one of us a great commission. Amen? Not the great omission. Today the great commission has become the great omission. God has given the church, the ecclesia, a great commission. And he has not given it to the pastors or to the leaders. He's given it to everybody. Say everybody. Tell somebody that includes me. Yeah. The Great Commission includes you and me. It is not for a select few. It is not for a gifted few. It is not for an anointed few. It is not even for the learned few. The Great Commission is for everybody who has encountered the saving grace of Jesus. God wants you and me to tell others about it. Hallelujah. If your life has been touched, you can tell others about it. So there's a great commission. All are called by God to serve in the kingdom of God. And we need to bring closure to this great commission. Hallelujah. We need to bring closure to this great commission. Fulfill what God has called us for. The third thing I want to tell you this morning, even as I introduce the message, is that not only is the ecclesia the Lord's, not only has he called you and me for a great commission, but God is appointing leaders in the ecclesia for the smooth running and fulfillment of the great commission. Hallelujah. That God wants this great commission to be fulfilled in a very smooth way. And for that, God is saying, God is saying, I want to really, I want to put leaders in place. And for this, he's calling people to leadership. And then the Bible says, this is where the laying on of hands come. He says, the Bible says that God causes his ecclesia leadership to lay hands on certain people 
and recognize the anointing or calling of God upon people to recognize that and commission them into the Lord's work. So there is a call from God and there is a commissioning. For this great commission, every one of us, you and me, we are all given a few things. God has given to everybody. Number one, all of us are given gifts. Now you might say, well, I don't have a gift. But the Bible says, to each one is given a gift. Romans 12. Which means everyone has a gift. Your gift may not be my gift. Our gift may be very, very different. But our responsibility is the same in the ecclesia. The great commission. So each one is given a gift. Some of you are uh, given a, a different kind of gift. But, and every one of us is given a call. Look at somebody and say, I have a call. Now, I do not want you to doubt this. Some people say, Pastor, I don't know if I have a call. I want you to put to rest this doubt. The Bible says in the book of Romans, chapter 9, verse 11, the Bible says, the gifts and the calling of God is irrevocable, which means God will not take his calling back from you. Hallelujah. That the purposes of God would stand. The calls of God would stand. He is not going to take that back for you. Say it loud after me. I have a call and I have a gift. Amen. Our gift is very different. Some may have a different kind of gift. Some may have a gift to be a pastor, some teacher. Some, some have a gift to be an encourager. Our gift is very different, but every one of us is given a gift. Our call is different, but everyone is given a call. Not only has he given a gift and a call, he has given us now a role also. What is a role? The role is a, a responsibility in a particular location, in a particular gathering of people. For example, he writes, to the church, to the elders of the church in Laodicea, right? In the book of Revelation. To the elders or to the angel of the church or so and so, I say. So he called in Acts 20, you see, called the elders of the Ephesian church to Miletus. Why did he call, why does the Bible say that? Because there were specifically designated people, role called elders of the church of Ephesus. Which means they were not the elders of Laodicea. The Ephesian elders were not the elders of Philippi. They were not the elders of Thessalonica. They were the elders of Ephesus. Which means your not only gift, not only do you have a call, but God gives you a geographical responsibility. He sends you to be responsible or plants you to be responsible in a specific geography. So there is a role, a description, a role description like you join an office. This is what is required from you. I would like you to be a, 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 a specific job description so that everybody doesn't do everything and cause great confusion everywhere. There is a gifting, there is a calling and there is a role. Uh, there's a role in ministry, a particular place call you without giving you grace. Amen. If God called you to be a husband, I want you no husbands. You have a grace to be a husband. Amen. It doesn't matter what others say, you have a grace. If God's called you to be a wife, you have a grace to be a wife. You can tag, tap on to that grace, draw from it and say, Lord, give me the ability. I want to cooperate with this grace. But every one of you have a, have a grace. Some days the grace will be tested. The other days, the grace seems as easy as it can. But whether you feel it or you don't feel it, everyone say after me, I have a grace. Amen. God has given you grace. He doesn't send you without the ability to fulfill the call that God is put upon you. This function in the church is not an identity. It is a responsibility. Amen. Many people are saying, well, I'm a prophet. Now, when they say, I'm a prophet, they stretch their shoulders out and say, I'm a prophet. Something like it has to do with your muscle. It doesn't have anything to do with your muscle. It's not an identity. He's pastor so-and-so. Pastor is your responsibility, not your identity. Being a, being a Bible school teacher, being a Sunday school teacher is your responsibility, not your identity. So your function is your job. It is not your identity. And the Bible says that one day we will have to give account for the call that God put on our life. That we are going to have to give an account. 1 Corinthians 3 verse 10 to 15 talks about that. How we have to go out there and we have to give an account. Therefore, the Bible says, if we have to give an account, the Bible says God wants you to be a hard worker. 
Hallelujah. Second Thessalonians 3 verse 6 to 13, you see that. Don't be lazy. Don't be unruly. You know what the Bible says in 2 Thessalonians 3, 6 to 8? It says, it says, do not even associate with the people who refuse to work. Don't even have anything to do with them. Which means, what is the idea? The idea is not to cut people off. The idea is that you do not get contaminated by laziness. The Lord is saying, I want you to be a hard worker. Everybody say, I have a gift. I have a call. I have a role. I have a Holy Spirit. And I have His grace. Now, does that, doesn't that make it easy? Hallelujah. The Bible says that if God is doing this, then the next thing I want to tell you is that not only does God call you, but He causes man to recognize the grace on you. Hallelujah. Now, some people say, it doesn't matter who doesn't recognize God has called me. No, that's not scriptural. It is true whether anyone recognizes or not God has called you. But the Bible also says it is true that God wants the men and women of God that God has placed over you to recognize the grace on you. So if God wants them to recognize, do we see such a pattern in the Bible? The Bible says they recognize it by laying on of hands. He's saying when you lay, when the leaders lay hands on you, there is an anointing. There is a commissioning. Say that word loud, commissioning. There is a commissioning or there is a putting into responsibility the recognition of your grace. Some people say, I am really gifted in this area. But yet when you work with a church, with an ecclesia family, God needs to recognize that grace which is upon your life. How do we see that? You see that in Acts in chapter 13. Paul and Barnabas, the Bible says, while they were fasting and praying, Acts 13 was 1, 2, and 3. While the church was fasting and praying, God's, the Holy Spirit spoke and said, set aside for me Paul and Barnabas, not for, you know, uh, you know platform stage ministry. He says, set them apart to become a work of mission, to go out there as in pioneering mission. So there was a setting apart. And the Bible says they lay hands on them. What did they do? What did they do? They lay hands on them. So the New Testament church, there was a practice of laying hands on the people whom the Holy Spirit was calling and the leaders were appointing and recognizing. So some people say the Holy Spirit has called me. That's enough. That is not enough. Why? Because that may be enough for your gift to operate, but that may not be enough for permission of jurisdiction. You see Paul writing to the churches. He's saying, I am sending you Timothy, my own son. Receive him like you would receive me. What was he doing? He was attesting the ministry of Timothy. Do you understand what I'm saying? There was an attestation. He was attesting and saying, when they come among you, you must receive him like you would receive me. It's receive me. I have sometimes, you know, I have spoken to some people in some place. I said, I'm sending this person. I said, when that person comes there, receive this person like you would receive me. That's my man. And I've seen how, how the people in that place, they take care of that man or woman of God. Why? They do it because there is an attestation. Hallelujah. That is, a, that is a recognition of the grace. That's a recognition of the commission upon people. So we see that in the New Testament. We see that in the Old Testament. The Bible says in the book of Numbers, we see where, where, Paul, where Moses lays hands upon Joshua. And the Bible says he lays hands and he prays and he imparts an anointing on Joshua. Every family, every church has a season of its life. Every generation has a season of its life where there is an impartation that happens. In fact, there should be impartations in families. I remember many years ago, uh, this was probably in 2001. I was in the ministry full time for about four years and serving God in the ministry now for about 10, 11 years by that time actively involved in ministry, but full-time about four years. And one day I went home to my grandma. When I went home to my grandma, I went from North India, I was living there in North India, and I would come frequently to the South. Every time I came home and saw her, I would speak with her, I would talk with her. But one day when I came home, she called me immediately inside the room. I said, yes, grandma, what happened? How are you? And she said, oh, all I want to know, all I want to know, son, is that are people turning to Jesus? I said, yes, yes, grandma, people are turning to Jesus. She said, do they want to hear this good news? 
she was 90 something at that time 96 or something at that time she she said do they want to hear about jesus i said yes grandma they want to hear about jesus she said son i have only one thing to tell you i'm almost 100 years old as i look back in life i want to tell leave you with one advice don't leave this gospel call that god has called you with she said i have many children i have many grandchildren of these many of them have lakhs or millions of salary but you serve jesus with all your heart you know 96 year old lady looking back at life and after we spoke for some time then she did something totally unprecedented she looked at me she, she was a little bulky she turned to the side from the bed she said son kneel down in front of me and so i just came in front of her and knelt down she put both her hands on my head and she said let the generational blessings of the fathers come upon you hallelujah there is a commissioning that goes on and i'm suddenly thinking and anyway, you this story went on after soon after she passed away she passed away and i and the only elderly person on my father's side that remained was my grandfather's younger brother we went to see him and i had seen him only 3 4 times in my life he was a doctor himself from the early 1900s and he he the moment he he saw me this was probably the third or fourth time he saw me i'm walking into his house he looks at me he says you have come i said yes he he was with a walking stick he held my hand he said come with me he took me inside his room he bolted the door just me and him and i'm wondering what's going on over here this is my grandfather's youngest brother he was 96 or 97 at that time So he looks at me and he says I have been a doctor all my life I have been retired for at least 30 years now I have nothing to give you The only thing I have left in my hand is a bible which a missionary gave me 80 years ago And he said this bible is about 150 years old I want to give this to you This is my inheritance to you and he gave me that bible and then he started showing me from that look at this and look at that and look at that and i was thinking the heritage god brought me through after he showed me all that he put that bible aside he stood up and he said son come here he put both his hands on my head and he said let the generational blessings come upon you and then he said something i said what what granddad he said don't leave the ministry call god has put on you there is a commissioning hallelujah Everybody said there's a call there is a recognition of the call what god did is god began with my family but god began to take me to other places i went into meetings at where men of god of stature in the nation while they're preaching to different people would suddenly see me at somewhere and in, into these those were divine moments of encounter that god would take me to some places like that and he would in front of people would call me friend bro, brother you come here brother and he would let men of god would lay hands on me and they said we just want to impart that apostolic grace on your life or we want to impart the prophetic unction on your life there is a commissioning by the laying on of hands and that can happen to the people of god that are called for that commission can i hear an amen the bible says that every one of us is gifted romans chapter 12 was 4 through 8 it says we are one body and we have many parts and we have many functions but the only problem is not everybody recognizes they have a function you know this morning as you came into this church all the chairs were very beautifully arranged you saw the music on you saw somebody handling the sounds you saw the floors clean do you know that angels didn't do this for you hallelujah you know the real human beings just in case you didn't know real human beings who have busy weeks are people that have done this why because they recognize that they have a grace and a responsibility now but what if they felt they felt this hand feels i've been serving these guys all my life they are hopeless useless ungrateful bunch of people and your right hand decides to go paralyzed you know what happens to the rest of your body rest of your body compensates So while you're working the rest of your body is compensating to hold your hand up and the other hand has to step in just put your hand under the other one yeah the other hand has to step in to support the one who's not serving amen so for every one of us that has a gift and it is we are not putting it to work because we are saying we don't have time i want you to know someone else is working overtime to compensate your inactivity somebody somewhere and i want you to know 
they will surely not lose their reward. But as a shepherd, I'm not only concerned about their reward, I'm concerned about your reward. The Bible says that we are going to give an account for the gift that God has given us. So when we come to the house of God, God has appointed, everybody say appointed. He has appointed people with a gift. And I want to quickly break this down for you to understand who are the people the Bible says we should lay hands on. He has appointed people with a gift. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 28. We're going to look at 1 Corinthians 12, 28. A very interesting verse. Read this together with me. And God has appointed in the church, first, apostles, second, prophets, third, teachers, then miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, administrations, various kinds of tongues. Read 29, all are not apostles, are they? All are not prophets, are they? All are not teachers, are they? All are not miracle workers, are they? Do we have verse 31 to 30? If we do, if you also have verse 30, it says, all do not have gifts of healing, do they? All do not speak in tongues, do they? All do not interpret, do they? Now, let me quickly break this up to you, from the, for you in the scripture, into three specific ministry categories. The first ministry category you will see is that the Bible says, to classify in order of leadership, let me break this up. Number one, God says he is appointing some into fivefold ministry leadership. What is it? Fivefold ministry. Who are these fivefold ministry? Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. But when you look in that scripture, 1 Corinthians 12, 28, you see are all apostles, no, he says, first apostles, then prophets, then teachers, then workers of miracles. So we got four groups covered. Apostles, prophets, teachers, and evangelists covered. But then the question is, wait a minute, then where's the pastor? <laughs> now you might wonder, wait a minute, where's the pastor gone? Oh, you got the wrong man on board because it says first apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers, evangelists, and teachers. I want you to look at Acts and chapter 15. And verse 2 and verse 6. Remember, scripture must interpret scripture. Look at Acts and chapter 15. And I want you to look at verse 2 and verse 6. Just two simple scriptures if you have. You know what it says? This is the storyline of Paul and Barnabas. There was a great dissension and debate among them. Determined that Paul and Barnabas and some others of them should go up to Jerusalem. Who was in Jerusalem? The apostles, right? They must go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and the elders. So when there was a debate, when there was an issue, when there was a problem, the Bible says they took the problem up to the apostles and to the elders. Which means he didn't take it to the apostles and the evangelists. He didn't take it to the apostles and the preachers or the teachers. He didn't take it to the apostles and the prophets. He took it to the apostles and the elders. Who were the elders? In Acts 20, I want you to look at Acts 20. You see the Bible says in verse 17, the Bible says he calls the elders of the church of Ephesus together to a place called Miletus. Read this verse, from Miletus he sent to Ephesus and called to him the elders of the church. Whom did he call? Whom did he call? Why didn't he call the pastors? You see many, many people think that the elders, like our traditional churches, the elders are actually the elder board. The kingdom of God does not operate scripturally, is not led by a so-called traditional elder board. It is led by the fivefold ministry. That is kingdom leadership. So he called together the elders. Now I want to show you who are these elders. You know, there's no time to run through everything. But the Bible says he calls the elders and starts speaking to them. Whom, did he, whom is he speaking to? Now I want you to look at verse 28. There's a long story. He says, I, you know, I taught you everything. I didn't hold back anything. I explained everything. Now look at verse 28. He's closing his message to them, elders at Miletus from Ephesus. What does he say? Read it together. Be on guard for yourself and for all the flock. Flock is the sheep, is the church. Read on. Among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Wait a minute. You know that word overseer is the word episcopa, which is the word bishop. So either the elders of the churches are the bishops, because that's the same word. And you know 
that in our mind, we think the bishops are, you know, the organizational heads and the elders are after bishops, then the pastors, after the pastors, then the elder board. Elder board, who are these elder board? You know, what we think, we, we have all different ideas. But according to the Bible, listen to me. Elder, everybody say elder, shepherd, overseer, bishop, and pastor. All are the same pastor. Amen. If you study in the scripture, these five words, pastor, bishop, say it'll, just let it sink in. Pastor, bishop, overseer, elder, and shepherd were all the pastors. Now do you understand why Acts 15.2 says, and the apostles and the elders gathered. So when you come to the fivefold ministry, I'm going to make a statement. Listen to me. The apostles are the leaders over the church kingdom of God. The pastors are their representative leaders in the local church. Amen. This is why the first level of leadership in the Bible is the fivefold ministry. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. So even though you don't see pastors there, in, you, further on you look in Acts 15, 6, you see the same thing. They went in and the apostles and the elders, they gathered together. So the first level of leadership is apostles and apostles, prophet, evangelist, pastors, teacher. The second level of leadership in the Bible is a ministry leadership called the deacons. Get back to 1 Corinthians 12, 28. The Bible says, after first apostles, then prophets, then evangelists, uh, then uh, teachers, then, uh, you know, um, all of that. Then he comes to then miracle workers and healing gifts, right? Those are the evangelists. Now, after that, the Bible says, then after that is helps. Everybody say helps. Say helps and administration. This is another level of leadership in the church. These are what we call the deacons. Everybody say deacon. Say deacon. The word deacon in the Greek is a Greek word called dikonos, which means the one who serves at the tables. Which means after the fivefold ministry, he's saying some people are not necessarily doing very spiritual ministry. Some people are taking care of the land and property leadership they are part of. Some people are, you know, when you came in, did you see some people standing there and smiling at you? You know what? I want you to know. The Bible says, and then helps administrations. And these kind of ministries, the Bible says, must have leadership over them. And those leaders are called the deacons. And the Bible says, even the helps ministry or the host team or your car park team. Car park team leader, you know what his qualification is? Bible says, he must be the husband of one wife. He must not be given to drunkenness. He must not be a very angry man. He must not be a lover of money. Even car park leader. This is the standard in the kingdom of God. Somebody say an amen. Because we are representing the kingdom. And the Bible says these helps ministries, these administration ministries, I want you to know some of you who are administrators in the house of God, some people say, what are you doing in the ministry? Oh, I'm just an administration department. You're not just an administration department. You are doing the work of the king, just like the pastor. Amen. And all the administrators said, administrators said, amen. That's right. That is heaven's gift upon you. And when you get to heaven, God's going to say, well done, my dear administrators. If it wasn't for you, the kingdom would have fallen apart. Land and building team, well done. If it wasn't for you, the kingdom would have been a far poorer place. Hallelujah. Host team, intercessory team, you know, all kinds of different ministries. All those are diaconos. Everybody said deacons. These deacons, the Bible says, that now the apostles in Acts 6, there, were, there was a, the, the Greek uh, Jewish women were not getting uh, food like the Hebrew women, partiality going on. And so the apostles got together and said, we don't have time to distribute food like this because we pastors and apostles, we are supposed to be spending our time reading the word of God and praying. So appoint some people who are gifted as diaconos. What is their qualification? Full of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> you know, the moment you get full of the Holy Spirit, you think I must be a preacher. No, no, no. When you're full of the Holy Spirit, you can distribute food. 
Amen. Somehow we think we, the moment we are full of the Holy Spirit, we think we must be preaching. No, we, we need the Holy Ghost for, for administrations, for leadership. We need the Holy Spirit for, for wisdom. We need the Holy Spirit to organize. We need the Holy Spirit to design. We need the Holy Spirit to be there available at different places. We need the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit to serve God. And the Bible calls them deacons. And God picks some people full of the Holy Spirit and appointed them. Seven people full of the Holy Spirit, full of wisdom and reputation. Which means <laughs> you got to be making sure the cars are parked in order and you want to be the leader of the car parking team. You have, have a good reputation of faithfulness. Amen. But what is happening is in the church of the living God today is that, you know, many people are not available to serve. Why are they not available to serve? Because they say we are busy. But I want you to know that God is interested in everybody with a gift. And we can't say I'm busy, you're busy. Why? Because the Bible says we are going to give an account for the gift that God has given us. All of us cannot do the same thing. But all of us can do something for the kingdom. Amen. Every one of us can do something. So first we saw fivefold ministry gifts. Then we saw helps and administration gifts. And thirdly, the Bible talks about the charismatic gifts. Where it says various kinds of tongues. If you look in verse 30, you see interpretation of tongues. Those things are added in there. So that's the third, third kind of gift. The Bible says when it comes to laying on of hands. The Bible says when the church is gathering and ecclesia is gathering. People are worshipping. Bible, Paul writes to Timothy and says... Be careful, you're not hasty to lay hands on somebody. Don't quickly lay hands. And he cautions Apostle Timothy saying, as a leader of a church, be careful that you don't quickly lay hands on people. Now, what many church examples we have seen is that we, the, the most prominent people in the church suddenly become the leaders. Let me make some statements here for you today. Your position of responsibility in the ecclesia has nothing to do with seniority. Some people say, I came first. When did, which year you came? 2013. How about you, 2015? <laughs> I came 2009. I am one of the founding members of the church. Founding members. Mm. I don't distinctly remember you being there while we founded it. Mm. But what they mean is we came earliest. Why? It's almost like believing if I was there earliest, that means I have a, a right to be in leadership. No, the Bible doesn't say that. The Bible says God appoints. Amen? Who appoints? Who appoints? God appoints and man disappoints. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God appoints in the church. Everybody say loud. God appoints. So our seniority doesn't make us leader. Our age being older than you. How old are you? 38. Mm, I'm 46. I'm senior. That doesn't make you a leader. Because to be a leader, there has to be a grace, a call. God has to appoint. Thirdly, some people say, I know the Bible more than you. You tell me how many verses you know. Some of our children know more verses than the Sunday school teachers. That means you should join Sunday school and the children should teach. No, the knowledge of the Bible, what's the difference? The teachers have maturity. They also know verses. But because you know a verse or two more than the pastor, it cannot make you a prophet or make you a pastor. Some people think I should be a leader because I'm a man. You're a woman. Woman, woman. Away from me, you woe, man. No, the Bible, Bible does not say you will be a leader because you are a man. Amen? Amen. Hey, man. You don't become a leader because you're a man. You become a leader because you're appointed by God. Amen. You don't become... Now, some people think I, I become a leader because you know how much money I have given to the church? Yeah? You know, you know how much... They think because I'm a big giver. That's why I'm a, the Bible says, if for it is God who gives you the ability to make wealth. So if that is the case, you know how much money God has given you? It's his church. He gave you the ability to make wealth. You don't become a leader because of the gifts you operate in. You know, Judah, Baba, Shiba, Mama. 
my son my son you don't become a leader because you have a prophetic gift no that is a gift from god everybody say gift did you earn the gift when you give to give a gift to somebody do they earn it no do they have to qualify no why did you give the gift because you are a giver amen so the gift you have and you're operating in is because god is a giver hallelujah gift is very different from a call you are not in leadership because <laughs> you are from the pastor's family or you and the pastor's family are close friends you don't become a leader because of that you don't become a leader because of your secular positions you know in the world you are the president of the united nations therefore you have to be a leader in the church no there's no connection there's no connection that you're a big doctor in the city so you will be a leader. no or a big you know you're sending rockets to space you know there's no connection why god appoints hallelujah and then you don't become a leader because you are theologically trained it helps for leaders to be theologically trained but theological training doesn't make you a leader theological training makes you informed that's about it so who are the fivefold ministers you have you see apostles you see prophets you see evangelists you see pastors and you see teachers who are the pastors they're shepherds over the churches who are the evangelists they have special grace to carry this gospel of jesus christ and they train the church in evangelism who are the bible teachers everybody can teach but some people have a special grace to teach the word of god who are the prophets not everyone who prophesies is a prophet but all prophets can prophesy what is the main job of a prophet the main job of a prophet is to equip and train the people in the churches ephesians 4:11 his main job is to he should stand in the gap he strengthens a weak church he sees a sinning church a prophet will challenge the church to walk away from sin he disciples in the house of god he 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 also prophesies and he prepares the church for the second coming of jesus christ the old testament prophets prepared the church for the first coming the new testament prophets prepare the church for the second coming then who are the apostles the apostles are the key leaders in the house of god what are the signs of an apostle just for some of you to, just to understand who is an apostle the mark of an apostle is this he is a by paul calls him a master builder which means he's got architectural grace for the kingdom of god a pastor has architectural grace for the local church an apostle has architectural wisdom for the kingdom of god he has governance wisdom everywhere he goes he has he knows how to lead the body of christ the pastor knows how to lead the local church the apostle knows how to lead the body of christ he is a pioneer he starts new work establishes new work he brings reformation takes the church into the next move of god he's a spiritual father to leaders and he is somebody who establishes doctrine in the body of christ so now that we have seen that these fivefold ministers are there deacons are there and gifted people are there we saw three levels right first fivefold ministry then the deacons and then we see the people that are operating in charismatic gifts that's the order god does not bring the charismatic gifted people up first because he prophesies you cannot walk up into for example you go and the car park leader deacon tells you could you all please park the car in order and one guy stands up and says hey 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 the lord saith unto thee park the car at 30 degrees west 27 degrees north that you know what the deacon must tell him hey 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 that godly order leadership saith unto you park the car like i tell you to park amen because what would you do husbands if your wife were prophets amen magane my son thus saith the lord <laughs> they don't tell you which lord what would you do if your wife was a prophet listen prophetic gift is prophecy is a gift but being a husband is a role so there's godly order because you prophesy you can't become a husband because you prophesy you can't become you know there is a godly order everybody say godly order 
And there's a, there's a power in laying on of hands. You see, one day, my, my, a cousin of mine was shouting at his mother. While he was shouting at his mother, his father walks out from that place, looks at his son and tells him, son, stop shouting at your mother. And his son was now, you know, caught up between his father and his mother. He's shouting at his mother. And his father looks at him and says, to you, that's your mother. But she's my wife. You will not raise your voice over my wife. You see that godly order? He was operating in godly jurisdiction. He said, you have no authority to raise your voice to my wife, even if you feel that you can take your mother for granted. That's godly order. At least the mother said amen. And husbands help them. Some husbands are there, well, what I can't say, he's saying, come on, pastor, somebody. Yeah. Everybody say godly order. So when this godly order comes, the Bible says God appoints and now man recognizes. So what happens in this godly order? He says that apostles there was laying on of hands. You saw that in Paul and Barnabas case. The Bible says when pastors were appointed, fasted, prayed, laid hands upon them and appointed. Deacons you see in Acts 6 when they were appointed, there was a laying hands upon these seven deacons so that they could distribute the food properly. There was a laying hands everywhere. But it did not happen just in one go. Paul writes to Timothy in 1 Timothy 4.14. He says, he says, he says, do not, you know, he says, I want you to not neglect the gift which is on you by the laying on of my hands. Which means when the leaders lay hands upon you, there is a gift that is imparted. Hallelujah. Amen. There is an impartation that happens. Now, some people get this wrong. Listen to me carefully. Because I have a prophecy, and because some, some man of God, everybody says some man of God, some man of God whose ministry I like laid hands on me, it does not mean I am commissioned. Now, what many people do is they think, I have a gift, then they look at their pastor, and then they'll say, oh, pastor, he's mm, okay, but he's not like Willie Graham or Reinhard Bonke. I want Reinhard Bonke to lay hands on me. I want you to know Reinhard Bonke has laid hands on a lot of people. Some have been used by God and others not. Why? Because there's godly order. Listen to this part carefully. When somebody comes into the Lord's ministry, God calls. Everybody say God calls. So after God calls, God gives leadership gifts. Who gives? God gives leadership gifts. After God gives leadership gifts, then you and I now have to train for this. So because somebody lay hands on us, it does not mean that we are ready. How many husbands here? Wave at me. On the day of your marriage, did mighty men of God lay hands on some of you? Come on, someone say something. Some of you made sure that mighty man of God came for your wedding. Did he lay hands on you? Now I need to speak to your wife. About what impartation was passed on? Did that man's mighty man of God suddenly make you into a wonderful husband? You know what? Your wife has been working on training you since then. And the other way too. Everybody said training. See, because somebody lay hands on us, it, there is an anointing that comes on us, but there is a training we have to do. Hallelujah. There is a training we have to do. There's a preparation. So God calls, God gives gifts, but man has to train for his role. And man has to faithfully serve wherever he is planted. Because some people think, you know, that apostle lay hands on me, so now I am apostle so and so. Apostle over what? I mean, many people don't understand what the role is. You know, to become a doctor... You know, I don't know about your part of the world, at least in my part of the world, to become a doctor before we join medical school, they want us to first join kindergarten. Huh? A for apple, B for ball. You know, <laughs> A for apple, B for ball. They want us to join kindergarten. Then first grade, one plus one equals two. Why? Because before you ever got trained medically, 
they begin to train you for years. If you want to be used in the house of God and you want to be a pastor because your call is a pastor, if you suddenly become a pastor, I assure you, you are ready for a shock of your life. Why? Because it's like the day, you know, you didn't prepare learning to cook and then you got married. And then you were looking for the cookbook. And you had your mobile phone, mommy's number on speed dial. How much salt, mommy? So mommy says, to put in what? <laughs> you, you know, if you ain't trained on the journey, the journey becomes difficult. This is why man has to train, man has to prepare. Man has to not only prepare, he has to wait for a timing. And then the leaders begin to test him. They test him to see whether the salt was correct. So when somebody calls you, what is the process? You may have a prophetic word or a will of God. You work hard. And then you have to qualify for the call. You know, to be a pastor, the Bible says, even if you're a gifted preacher and a loving person, the Bible says, you must be the husband of one wife. You can't have 32 wives and be a pastor. You can't have a wife in different villages and be a pastor. And the Bible says, not only you said, oh, pastor, that's easy. I have only one wife. I made the mistake once, never again. <laughs> pastor, I swear, I promise you. No, no, it's not enough. You know why he says be husband of one wife? He wants you now to be a model of a good husband. So that when others look at you, they can say, ah, like pastor loves his wife and children. I also must love my wife and children. That's a model. Everybody say model. Not only that, Bible says, you want to be a pastor, you can't be an angry man. Some people are volcanoes. They say they keep everything inside. They're controlling, controlling, controlling. You see, if you're constantly controlling, you're not transformed. You're only controlling. But the journey of transformation happens by training. Everybody say training. Training. So in our lives, what does it say? If you want to be a pastor, you cannot be a lover of money. You can't love money and qualify to be a pastor. The Bible says disqualified, which means you can be called by God, but disqualified by your life. Somebody say an amen. Amen. So you have to qualify. Not only qualify, the Bible says after that you must be tested. You have to take them to the ministry. Take them to the care cells. Some people, you know, you say, I'm going to one day be a pastor. But you can't take care of a care cell properly. You're saying you want to take care of a church. When God calls you to be a shepherd, I remember when I first came, got saved, I knew God called me to be a minister, a shepherd. And I went to my pastor and I said, Pastor, tell me, Pastor, where, how can I be? I know God has called me for full-time ministry. Pastor told me, every Sunday, take the broom, come to church, sweep the church, mop the church, spread the mats. So I came into spreading the mats, full-time ministry training while I was doing my medical training. Then after we spread the mats, pastor said, not only do you spread the mats, Friday evening we're going to village ministry. Come with us. And, you know, like I, some of you may have heard it, we would sit behind pastor, scooter, chet, bajaj, chetak. And the front seat had spring. And pastor always sat on front seat. And back seat, we young fellows with our guitar and megaphone and, and on, the, on the roads. By the time we came back, our spine was hurting. But we never opened our mouth. We knew on that day only spine is hurting. Pastoral ministry, lot of things are going to hurt. So because we have a call from God, if you're not prepared, you have a call to be a wife, prepare. Don't, your, your preparation is not by, I think he's cute. And then your pupils dilate. No. <laughs> No, that's not preparation. That's a dreaming. Preparation is when he bugs you, gets under your skin, gets irritating. Mm. Have you prepared so that the long term, the blessing of heaven will be upon the family? Look at somebody and say, prepare. After they are trained and tested, 
finally the person has to, Bible says, has to lay hands on them. They lay hands on these people. And then after the laying hands, these people must continue to be proving faithful. Prove faithful before laying hands and prove faithful after laying hands. This is a foundational doctrine the Bible says. These are foundational things. And Paul is saying, let us move on from all these basic things of equipping leaders and laying hands on miracles and anointing impartation. All butchu stuff, baby stuff. Let's move on to some serious mature things, Paul says. So in closing for today, the Bible says, don't be hasty to lay hands. Amen. And if God has called you and God has appointed you as a leader, God has appointed you in positions of leadership, maybe as deacons, maybe as scarcer leaders, maybe as pastors, maybe as prophets. If God has called you and appointed you to these places, what does the Bible say? You need to do a few things. Paul tells Timothy in 1 Timothy 4, 11 to 16, Paul says like this. First thing he says, command and teach these things, which means you must be able to teach people. Then he says, let no one despise you for your youth. Which means your age doesn't matter for leadership. Your maturity matters. You know, God is calling you to be fat people. Somebody say amen. No, that doesn't take faith because that's what you're worried about all the time. I'm becoming fat. You know, when I say fat people, that's F-A-T. That's faithful, available, and teachable. If God is calling you into the Lord's ministry, some people it said, say, you know, someone told me the other day, Pastor, it's not fat, it's fast. <laughs> you know, faithful, submissive, available, and teachable. I said, if you're teachable, you're submissive. So I, I like fat. God calls us to be what? Faithful, available. Some are faithful and teachable, but not available. Some are faithful and available, but not teachable. And they say that, you know who all have laid hands on me? It really doesn't matter. So let nobody despise your youth. Devote yourself to preaching and teaching. Don't neglect what God's called you for. Be accountable. So as a church, as a church, when we see there are people appointed by God, yeah, when we see there are people appointed by God, we must remember the godly order God has planted. And we need to do five things just to remember what God says. He says, walk after their life if their life is following after Christ. Imitate them as they imitate Christ. Spend time with them. Learn from them. Walk with them. I did a lot of that in my early years of ministry. Even today, some time ago, I had the wonderful opportunity to spend time with one of the pastors, a very leading pastor in our nation. And I knew myself and two, that other pastor and another pastor, three of us were going to have dinner together. And one of the pastors got delayed. So he was held up somewhere. So now it was me and this key pastor who's one of the leaders in our nation. And while we were going on the vehicle to the hotel to have dinner, I took my notepad out and started writing questions. I had five specific questions I had prepared over dinner. I want to make sure I asked him. When you want to grow in the Lord, you need to be ready with your questions. You need to be ready when you, you're, you don't go to a pastor. How are you? What? I'm fine. Thank you. Are you free today? Why? Chuma. Just, hey, hello. Instead of spending time with you, I want to spend time with my wife and my children. After that, you know, with people that Know exactly why. That's so that we can add value. Why? Because the time is short. We have to be prepared. Hallelujah. When you go to be mentored or equipped for the church work, you must, you must go ready so that God can build you up. So walk with the man of God. Secondly, don't receive a false accusation against men of God. Even if there is something wrong, take it to the leaders. Don't go around talking about it. The Bible says there's a godly order. 1 Timothy 5.19 said that. Then the Bible says, honor those who diligently work among you. Many, many, many leaders, they work very, very hard. They work very hard. Honor them. Honor those who work diligently among you. Even if you don't like their style, you don't like their, you know, the way they speak, you don't like what they said, 
But the Bible says you honor. You know why you honor? There's a difference between respect and honor. What is respect? I respect you for what you achieved in life. I respect you for what you achieved in. But I honor you because I'm an honorable person. Which means even if you cannot respect somebody, you can honor them. Hallelujah. You respect them for who they are, but you honor them who you are. Hallelujah. God is calling you to be this honorable person. So honor them that work diligently among you. Obey your leaders and submit to them. The Bible says, Hebrews 13, 17. Obey your leaders and submit to them. The Bible says, for they are keeping watch over your soul. And as those who have to give an account. You know, I tremble many times. I think in my heart that when I go to heaven, I have to give account for some of you. Think about it. You know, I have read this verse and I was talking to God one day. I said, God, when I get to heaven, Lord, please don't ask me account for them. So, you know, I was imagining God will ask, why not? Tal said, because they didn't give me account. You know, I don't have their account. Their accounts are missing. You know? No, it's not, it's not that. Broadly, the Bible says, broadly. We have to give account so we are answerable for what we teach in the word of God. From the word of God. Why? We have to give an account for our faithfulness and for your walking with God. Obey your leaders. Submit to them. You know there is a difference between obedience and submission? Obedience is the act while submission is the heart. Amen? Is the willingness to obey. Everybody say, willingness to obey. Obey your leaders. And then the Bible says, remember your leaders who taught you. Don't forget the people that have poured into your life. Thank God for them. Having said all of this, in closing, just two remarks. The last slide I want you to look at. The Bible says, in conclusion, Bible says, if you ever want to be used by God, work hard to be approved at home as a leader. Be a leader in your home. Be a leader, an example. If you are not approved in your home, you know, more than anybody's approval to me, my wife's approval is very important because I need to know that she respects this leader in the home. I need to know that she says, you are a man of God. If she doesn't say that, I don't have the confidence. Not that I can't because, you know, not everybody can accurately think, of, think through it. But it's so important for leadership to win that approval and respect from home. Be approved as a responsible leader in your home and finally be approved as a workman in the ministry. Paul tells Timothy, I'm giving you a commandment to work diligently and be found as a man approved by God. The goal of this ministry is that God wants us to finally know that God has approved us and we are approved by man. Amen? This is what the Bible says. All have a mission, the Great Commission. And for that Great Commission, some leaders are appointed by God and they are laid hands by man and an anointing is passed on. And they have to be an example to everybody how to live life and how to fulfill the Great Commission of Jesus Christ. And when we all go home, we will hear from the Lord, well done, my good and faithful servant, enter into your rest. Rise up to your feet. Let's just pray together. I want to pray for you right now. God has called every one of us with a gifting. God has called every one of us with an anointing, with a gifting on our lives. And I know today, this morning, the Lord has been speaking to some of you. Even though there is a call, many are not prepared for that call. It all begins by taking those first steps of being faithful, serving faithfully, reaching out faithfully, encouraging, praying for people faithfully. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit is here this morning. The Holy Spirit anointing is here this morning. He wants to strengthen you right now. He wants to encourage you right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that there will be an impartation, O oh God, 
of faith upon their lives as they begin baby steps of God to or maybe they've already been serving that they take the next steps of God in law in the ministry Lord that they will not only be called but they will also qualify for the call but they will ask their leaders how am I doing am I am I a good steward of what you have entrusted me father I pray in Jesus name that the people will train to be good stewards of not what they feel they're called for, but what has also been entrusted by the leaders. And I pray this morning, there will be a filling of the Holy Spirit, Lord. An infilling of the Holy Spirit. Lord, everyone is so precious this morning. We thank you. I just pray that they fill them with wisdom, understanding, especially they become leaders in their homes. They will be an example and a model in their homes. I bless them you the glory in Jesus mighty name. Amen. Amen.